With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also, our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership, now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Well, aloha, everyone. Welcome to PWT Talks NXT. You know, I say everyone as if there's anyone, but uh, but we weren't able to record live today. So uh, our our usual throng of listeners is uh, is not around. They're they're not here. They're not here to listen to us. So um so thanks for listening to us later. I guess is what I'm saying. We're talking NXT <laughs> for February the 28th. 2023 we are one week out from no not stand and deliver that's that's a month away from i don't know whatever they're calling next week they told me many many times roadblock yes roadblock uh wcw legend roadblock um had a show named after him do you are you old enough to know roadblock he i don't think so he was Ridiculous. He was just a great big dude, more or less Otis shaped. And you know those those roadblock stanchions that they put up, um, those orange those orange things they put in the road when there is a roadblock. He would carry one of those over his shoulders and put his arm through it like gallows, and it looked so stupid. I almost can't. You've got to right now, Bruce, before you do anything. Look up WCW Roadblock. And he never won. Like, all this stuff. And he he just jobbed to to everyone. Oh, um, I actually do remember Roadblock now that, you, now that I look at him. Yep. Yeah, he was, uh, he's one of a kind. I don't know if he's, like, he was never, I, I never saw him once after the last time I saw him on, um, on Nitro. But when you got three hours to fill... Guys like Roadblock at TV time, um, or at least they did in those days. Okay, um, might as well talk NXT. It's why we're here. I'm Kelly Wells. You can find me on social media at Spooky Milk or at SpookyMilk.Games. Let's talk one of the greatest main events in NXT history, Tyler Bate versus Carmelo Hayes. Um, not a big issue here. This is just a way to give Carmelo perhaps the biggest and best possible win available to him. Uh, as he heads toward an obvious main event match at Stand and Deliver with Braun Breaker. Um, a match that I'm hoping Carmelo loses because he deserves that bag, that main roster bag. <laughs> uh, so even though he is by far my favorite guy uh, that will be in that match, hoping that he doesn't win it. So uh, Carmelo Hayes has gotten so smooth and Bate has been so smooth. It's... I don't what I typed was I'm not sure there is a better match available to us as fans of NXT. I'm not I don't know that there is a better match available to us than uh, than Bate Hayes. Um, So got the main event spot here. Vic said we've been waiting for this match all night. And I thought, have you? Because you didn't mention it once all night. (laughs) It was never met. Neither guy was ever mentioned. It was really bizarre. And NXT is real hit and miss with main events and whether they are going to promote one this week or that this time they didn't do it. Um, Seems like a, a silly thing to do when the match is just obviously going to be this good. And the NXT crowd has been relatively quiet for kind of a while now. Um, Like they've had to be woken up. Uh, with those big matches. It's not the NXT crowd of old that popped for absolutely everything. But man, did this match have them. Uh, straightforward stuff 
for the most part. Some really fun character stuff by Tyler. There always is. And Hayes is the kind of easily riled heel that works really well against bait. Uh, also, a bait versus Waller match uh, and feud would just be joyous for the same reason. Uh, but Hayes, of course, wins this as he is moving toward his uh, his championship match. 11-19, nothing but net. The only thing that I could say against this match was it could be longer. But I understand as a match with no real issue, um, it was as long as it should have been. On a night where we saw plenty of wrestling minutes, 52 minutes and three seconds, uh, these were the best minutes of them, Bruce. Yes, this was definitely my match of the night, one of the best matches the NFC has put on thus far in the the short eight weeks we've had in 2023. Um, I think to your question about if there could be a better match than what they gave us tonight, I think the only other one that I would think could give this one a run for its money would be a Carmelo Hayes and Axiom match. But that would be in a different, completely different style to what happened tonight. So it really just depended on the kind of style that you like when you watch your wrestling. But I do think that what they did tonight fits pretty much everyone's style because they started out doing a lot of technical stuff, the, the catches, catch can, the grappling, the stuff that you and I like to watch. Then they moved into the more phys- physical aspects, a lot of stiff strikes, and then they moved into the more fluid aspects and later, later aspects of the match. So I think what they did tonight was just a reminder that they can do a little bit of everything and they're really good at doing a little bit of everything. So, uh, just hats off to them. Uh, I think for me, the more you say it, the more I, I, we, we keep saying like, yeah, you know, Carmelo Hayes is not long for NXT and he should be on the main roster, but damn, are we got to miss him because he's such, he's been basically the, the, the main reason that we've been watching NXT. Like he, he's to me is the main drawing point. So it's going to suck when he does eventually leave because I think there's just going to be a vacuum of charisma and star power. And then with trick two, if he goes with him, you're losing a lot of, of personality and character as well, along with all that skill and talent that they have. So I feel like, um, while it would be sad to lose them, I, I do think that they're more likely to have Breaker move before Hayes, and that, and then they're going to have Hayes be the one to finally take the the belt off of Breaker. I think the way they've been describing Hayes and and uh, building him up towards the end of the delivery gives us the the feeling that he is going to be the inevitable dethroner which is something I advocated for when he was North American champion in the summer. But yeah, I think he, he, he deserves to get Ron SmackDown money because of how just his rate of growth from when we first saw him when 2.0 started to now is just, it's spectacular to think that the dude was kind of awkward on the promos at first and, and still finding in the ring for WWE style is out here and and having the best matches on the brand, the best character work, everything. So, um, yeah, I just – great match. Go back and watch it if you didn't. Um, one thing I wanted to, to make sure I, 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 uh, I, I said and complimented Tyler Bate is 
during the match after he hit um what what, what was that he hit? I think it was Bot Bang and the rebound lariat. Um he went in for the cover and he laid across the shoulders and then pinned pinned uh both the arms down with his body to add extra weight. And I think we I just want to see more covers like that in pro wrestling in general because it adds a sense of realism to the fact that they they're trying to make sure that they're the ones who end the that they end the match, right? They're the ones who who um they can end any time basically and they're trying to make it end because they realize the the danger of letting the match go further um as is because of it. And it, it came back to to bite bait in the end that he wasn't able to finish it off right there. So I think that again, great match and just complimenting bait on those those little those little subtleties in professional wrestling that we don't always see. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners. Thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, it's amazing how many guys who wrestle for years never master the art of making it look like they're trying to win a wrestling match until <clears throat> the moment when they win. Um, it's, it's crazy how often. Um, and for me... I don't know that anyone is better at that than Sami Zayn. Yes, yes. Um, God, I can't even. I can't even. I don't know who'd be on his level. And there are a lot of guys and girls who are good at it. Um, but I, but I think Sami's the uh, the standard bearer, and Bate is somebody who's been good at that from a young age, like uh, 19 years old in that first tournament. Um, he really did really. He looked so good. By the way, the difference, the amount he's aged in five years is actually about <laughs> 10 years. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. But he was a cherub. Um, he, he was flying around uh, uh, shooting candy hearts to people in his Valentine's Day costume. He was that young, folks, when he uh, showed up in this company. And he just looks like a grizzled veteran at this point. Um, yeah, Tyler Bate might be my favorite wrestler. Like, which is crazy because he's got the significant um, obstacle of uh, of not being Japanese, like most of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. And then and then Hayes, who's uh, probably top 10 for me. And when he came up, his own not just his presentation, but his inability to find himself at first put him kind of behind the eight ball for uh but but as you said, he found his way quick. It is just what my favorite thing about NXT is um, to watch people to watch the different speeds of growth and then to see some that never do. And then uh, under Sean to see who they keep around, even though they never grow in any significant way. And even while injured, we have to talk about them. But let's not focus on that for uh, for at least right now. Wasn't on TV for once, so. Yeah, that was nice. Would have been nice not to hear her voice, but uh, name, but uh, but whatever. 
Um, I'm about to go into a coughing fit, apparently, but uh, let me mention mid-show main event, Mako Satomura versus Zoe Stark. They beat each other up a little bit. 11 minutes, 26 seconds, Scorpio rising, Mako Satomura wins. Uh, straightforward stuff here, uh, and like the main event, Satomura wins perhaps the best match available to her uh, to set her up for the... The respect match, although they said it wouldn't be about respect, it would be about, but it's it's going to be about respect. Um, uh, her match against uh, Roxanne Perez, who sat in on commentary, and Roxanne is like no great shakes on the mic or anything, but I thought she was pretty fine in the context that they used her tonight, Bruce. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was nice to get her out there, and you could definitely tell she was a bit uncomfortable at first, but once she started speaking, she... She found what she needed to say and to sell herself as the babyface champ, who was somehow an underdog going into this match. But it makes sense because it's Mako Satomura. Um, I think this match was great. Uh, fine match, hard-hitting. Uh, Zoe Stark continues to impress. She, they mentioned that she was on a live event with uh, SmackDown over the weekend. So you're definitely seeing kind of the the makings of her moving up, I think, soon are are, are there. and. This is the show that's notorious for for saying that. Oh, I don't know. Cameron Grimes is moving up. Oh, Shayna Baszler's got to lose. And you know all of our accurate predictions throughout the year. So beyond that, the 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 match here it really did a good job to reinforce that Mako Satomura against anybody is going to force a a a level of physicality and a level of aggression that they generally aren't used to in not just NXT, but I think a lot of, of women uh, that we don't see a lot in WWE women's wrestling. So that was very great to see. Uh, Scorpio Rising, I tweeted, it is just so impressively disrespectful uh, to to do a step-up axe kick to somebody. And it just adds further credence to her as the final boss. And I don't think um, going into this match, you would be, I don't know, looked at weird for for saying or thinking that Sodomore can actually win. Now, she's not going to. Um, I don't think at this stage of her career she wants to be defending the title and having that kind of a schedule. Uh, and she's more out there to help, I would assume, give back to the younger talent. Um, but it's going to be a great match. And I love how they, they uh, referenced their first match. I think it was... June or July, maybe. I, I time time is a flat circle, right? So, uh, but I remember that match, and what I remember saying about that match at the time for Roxanne Perez was, I've never seen her have to be more physical and more aggressive than I've than I saw her in that match tonight with Mako Satomura, and I want to keep seeing that, and I hope that this helps bring out some of that more in Roxanne Perez. I think she did do a little more throughout the time, but some of her feuds haven't led, haven't given her the space to really do that. I'm excited to see how they do the second match with the rules kind of reversed in the sense that where Perez came in as the wide-eyed baby face, as she said on commentary tonight, just excited to be there at, at Starstruck. Now she's the champion who can't be Starstruck and has to be grounded and ready to take on all comers. I want to see how that mentality of, uh, changes the dynamics of this match versus the first match they had a few months ago. 
As with most weeks, uh, we had three matches over 10 minutes long, and the other one was the opener, Wes Lee uh, holding an open challenge. And I really, really liked the touch of opening with guys already brawling, uh, brawling in the back for the right to um, to challenge for the North American Championship. Uh, for a second, uh, in Idris Inofe and Malik Blade got out in front. They started playing paper, rock, and scissors. And uh, Dabakato took them both out because he wanted the match. But Dabakato himself was taken out by Apollo Crews, who wasn't looking for the match, just wanted a piece of Dabakato uh, when the smoke cleared. Oh, and also we had a moment between... So they used this brawl not more than a minute long. They moved forward that storyline, gave Anofe and Blade a character moment, and created another match for later tonight in Axiom versus Hank Walker. That is economy of um, of minutes. Of minutes, yeah. And uh, and when the smoke cleared, we got a, a very exciting return as Nathan Fraser was in the ring. Um, Vic had months to learn how to say Fraser. <laughs> uh, didn't use him. Um, but Booker, interestingly, has started saying it right again. Uh, he's He said it correctly at the beginning, started saying it incorrectly because Vic rubs off on him, apparently, and uh, and is now saying Fraser again, and hopefully can stick with it and be a positive influence on ne'er-do-wells like, uh, like Vic. 13 minutes and 35 seconds. This was the longest match of the show, but it was pretty breezy because of... Uh, the style of these guys work um, very fast, very high octane, although there was some rest stuff at the beginning, which was a little surprising in this case. Um, a nice match, spot festy, sure, but um, but I think Fraser gains something even in losing here to Wesley, who is being booked surprisingly strong as uh, as NXT North American champion. And just what an awesome success story that Wesley won half of a babyface tag team that routinely got booed and we won't go into the very stupid reasons that that very stupid crowd was booing them but um but uh but he he was fraser is popular but the dueling chant here was extremely pro wesley um even in the return for a guy that people really like so 13 minutes 35 seconds uh normally the opening match gets the split screen treatment during its uh during its break. This week was not like that. They saved that for Sodomura Stark and Bait Hayes. It's always two matches, usually first and last, this time uh crossover and last. But uh but Lee defeats Fraser thirteen thirty five with the cardiac kick. Um no frills afterward. Uh just a just a strong spirited opener, Bruce. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Are you a nostalgic wrestling fan? Do you want to hear about shows you haven't seen in 10, 20, maybe even 30 years? Well, I have the show for you. I'm PWTorch.com contributor Frank Bediani, and since December of 2020, I've hosted Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back and review old shows from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what's taking place now to what took place then. You can hear this, along with other shows, as part of your PWTorch VIP membership with exclusive podcasts just for members compatible with the Apple Podcast app. Visit pwtorch.com slash govip for details and sign up for them. Yeah, so <laughs> I saw people on Twitter and the crowd think the match was awesome. Maybe it's just me being a bit burned out on wrestling and life in general. I thought this match was fine. It wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. It was good. I don't think it was awesome or amazing. I think it was a solid opener. Now, I think the reasons why you touched on some of it, but I think to me, I expected this match to be a tad quicker than it was. And the beginning of the match wasn't as such. And right when they started to get into it, they cut to break. And because I watch on the USA Network player, I don't get the split screen. So, when they're coming back and they're already into it, for me, I, not having been there for that build, it really took a bit away from me in terms of how I took on this match. Beyond that, you know, the the brawl at the beginning, it, it wasn't just a good way to use the economy of minutes to further three storylines, but it really gets over the importance of what being a champion means to the men's wrestlers of NXT. Sure, you can say Cruz didn't go for that, but one, he's made his goal clear, and that's the men's NXT championship. And two, he has a specific reason to go after Dalbacado and not give a damn about Wesley. So I think what they did here worked fine. Uh, uh, when when I saw Fraser in the back, you could definitely tell Vic Joseph forgot his name and how to and how to say it, of course, because it took Vic about thirty seconds to finally say Nathan Fraser's name. But when he said in the back, uh to leap over uh, whoever was fighting. I was like, why does he look like he's dressed like he's an X-Men Evolution? And then, you know, he comes into there and they have the match and it was fine. But I think, as you said, it started leaning towards a bit spot festy. And that's not necessarily my type of wrestling. I definitely see the appeal. It was still an exciting match at times, but I felt like, um, again, with the caveats I already said, it just didn't hit the, the heights that I thought it would. But, you know, Wesley going over strong again, um, really starting to get the crowd behind him. Uh, I, I said from that first promo he had as a, as a single singles competitor that there's something there and a, as a babyface champion, and they're ch- t- uh, tapping into that now. I'm excited to see where he goes, but you brought up Axiom, I'm going to say, I think in 2023, he's definitely going to be a champion of some sort. I'm just not sure which title it's going to be. I just don't think... I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the Tag Team Championship. So, is he going to be Men's NXT Championship or is he going to be North American Champion? Uh, I'd say probably take a safer bet on the North American Championship. But 
Wesley versus Axiom at a PLE for the title. I'll take it. Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell talked to Hank Walker uh, shortly into the show. Um, Walker talking about his issues with Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Um, Axiom walks in because Mackenzie does not have a lock on her door and uh, and says, what the hell, man? What's the haps? He didn't say either of those things, but he should have said both. Um yeah, he he wanted to know what the issue was was with uh, Walker. He said he almost knocked me out out there. Uh, contrived, sure, but uh, but it got us to a match later in the show. Um, as these two guys were hotheads in the scene. This was the second to last match of the night. Uh, three minutes forty four seconds. Well, hello, best match ever for Hank Walker. Um, mm-hmm. not surprised that you happened against Axiom, but Walker really knows how to use what he's got now. Exactly. Um, he knows how to work the style that he's meant to work, how to be a big brute, and that can serve him on either side of the aisle. Uh, I think the guy is just too ding-dang likable to be a, a heel at this point in his development, um, but we haven't seen him try either, so I'm not going to say he's not capable when I've literally never seen him attempt that side of the aisle. But uh, but there's just so much natural, doofy charm coming off of this guy. Uh, and Axiom is uh, cooler than the other side of the pillow, so uh, not worried about him. But um, three minutes and 44 seconds of extremely spirited action. Hank Walker knowing when to cut off a flurry, when to really show off that power. Uh, just th- this this whole company is so good. So much better than any other company at doing big versus small. It is the one thing I have always thought that uh, WWE does best uh, in terms of in the ring, telling a big versus small story. Axiom, of course, overcomes here because he is the uh, short term. um, uh, Peter? Yeah, uh, here. And uh, and Hank Walker is more of a long long term project. But um, and Vic just came out and said it. He he said, "Wow, did did Hank Walker really show the improvement he's made?" And I don't know if he was fed that line or not, but he said it, and I was like, "Yes, indeed." Uh, Vic really understood what he was seeing this time. Um, hard uh, for even a guy like Vic to miss. You know, <laughs> I wrote down nice things about Vic saying this, but I can't help but swipe at him. I'm just I, I am who I am, folks. Um, but yeah, uh, Axiom always great, and Hank Walker really, really taking a step forward here, Bruce. Yeah, uh, you said it was only three forty, I think three forty something. It it did it felt longer in the best way possible. Um, that time really flew by. Hank Walker here. I, I will say, going back to the, the interview with Mackenzie Mitchell, Hank Walker has definitely been putting in some work. Uh, in the gym and in the in the weight room because he's lost a lot of weight since he first debuted. He was a bit more pudgy and now he looks a bit more lean within that uh the singlet that he's wearing. And good on him because I, it, it was a lovable kind of character with that going on. But I think now we can take him as a little more serious of a character. And then with his performance tonight. Hitting the power moves, as you said, when you need to hit them, knowing when to get the bump. Um, my favorite part of the match for Hank was when 
he started to run to the opposite corner and he looked back because he knew that Axie was going to go after him. And he just waylaid him with a huge lariat. I mean, fantastic lariat. And I thought, oh my gosh, are they actually going to give him the, the victory tonight? Because we saw a match and later earlier in the night with, uh, with the lariat as well. And, you know, Axiom did come out the victor here, but Hank Walker looked really, really good. As you said, no surprise it came with, with Axiom. What, what I took away from this match is exactly what you said. So often we see wrestlers who are younger in their experience try and do too much and do things that aren't within their, their capabilities at that moment. Tiffany Stratton is someone who used what she knew how to do and how to do well and use that as her base to become someone who we're talking about as a definite women's champion here soon. Hank Walker is using what he knows and what he knows is definitely has some amateur wrestling background with um, how he shot on those double legs um, and, and everything. But he's a power guy. He knows that he can use power and he knows that his body type and, and whatnot is built for that kind of, of a style. So, Kudos to him for understanding what it takes to to lay that foundation. And if it's something that he picked up with Gulak and Dempsey, good for them to for for making sure that he understands he has to have a solid base. And for him, the solid base is in that wrestling and in the power. Um, I'm I'm actually looking forward to what he does next. I never thought I would say that about Hank Walker. Yeah, and and it didn't take that long. Um, yeah, I was thinking that singlet was working overtime, but the more I looked at him, I was like, no, he's he's genuinely starting to get some of uh, some of this stuff under control because um, you can only hide so much. I think he is a bit leaner, and uh, and we're even seeing that in the face area. So uh, yeah, probably genuinely shedding some pounds. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk. Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Um, yeah, let's melt naturally into this segment. Uh, Mackenzie talking to Nathan Fraser after, uh, after the loss in the opener and there's a trainer on hand, uh, just checking on Fraser after the match. Katana chance shoots into the, um, into the frame. She needs the trainer now, uh, outside where there has been attack, uh, an attack in the parking lot as, as they do. Um, and she brings her to where Wendy Chu has been laid out and Caden Carter is there checking on her. If Caden and Katana are the attackers, this is a little obvious, but they have been throwing some effective red herrings at us lately. So I'm hoping there's a little more to this. Uh, at any rate, later on, Mackenzie is trying to update us about the state of Wendy Chu. Tiffany Stratton shows up and says, oh, hey, nobody cares. Um, and then Katana Chance and Caden Carter come into frame and they start, um, having a little war of words with Stratton, which leads to a match later on in the show, Katana Chase versus Tiffany Stratton. God help me, Bruce. I really like the line. I just had a Tiffany epiphany. Um, <laughs> it is, it is so character pitch perfect. I, I love how dumb it is. It's the delivery. Mm-hmm. 
three minutes and 35 seconds, Tiffany Stratton over Katana Chance when Alba Fire and Isla Dawn came out and threatened uh, Caden Carter, who was at ringside with a bat, uh, caused the good old babyface distraction. Tiffany hit that thing that is her finisher. Uh, I believe that's the name of it because I don't know the name of it. <laughs> and uh, that thing that she does to win matches won the match. Uh, Stratton, uh, speaking uh-huh. of people who <laughs> extremely quickly showed uh, great mm-hmm. forward momentum, um, upward momentum. So there you go, Stratton over chance. I-, I like how in the beginning of the show we had that the camera there, obviously, because there's a brawl going on, so camera got to gotta have to run over there. We have that go have that happen. And here, I was shocked that they didn't just have the invisible camera in the parking lot already. They had someone come and get the trainer where the camera was already set up because they showed that they were getting set up for an interview. I just the small little things like this that you can do to make it seem more realistic is not that hard. And I really appreciated they took the time to actually do that because it took what. 10 more seconds to do that than than what they would have normally done and so i think that part extremely well done nxt parking lot is still by far the most dangerous place in the united states uh the felt the the, the the felony assault rate in that place is definitely higher than anywhere on in, in the country um i i don't check my stats on that but that is definitely accurate so uh beyond that i Joel tweeted that he thinks it's, you know, Ulyssa or not Ulyssa Valentina Froyce doing the, the attacks. I'm still hoping it's Tatum Paxley after what happened last week and sort of the uh, the little interaction she had in the backstage. I think that'd be a nice little wrinkle. I'm not, you know, Chance and Carter, they're very obvious and they have been twiddling their thumbs at making them heels. So it could be a, a nice way to make them heels. But then what is their point for for going after Nikita Lyons. I, I guess they're going to say that when they teamed with her, they would always lose. Obviously, team with Nikita Lyons. Uh, she wouldn't take the pin or, or anything like that, but there's that. Uh, the match itself, uh, you just keep seeing Tiffany Stratton just improve. And, and uh, Katana Chance, to me, had her best singles match tonight because of how much effort Tiffany Stratton was putting into selling for her and being in the right spots to make a ton of chances offense look more believable. And I think that's just a testament, not just to Stratton's improvement as a wrestler overall in terms of what she does well, but, but learning how to make others with her, bring them up to to her level or, or make them at least uh, have good matches with her kind of the, the Bret Hart style, right? Make sure everyone has their best match with you. Um, so really good for her there. And um, I, I, Really, when it comes to Chance and Carter, I, I'm, it might be rough to say, but I just really don't care at this point, which is sad because I like Kate and Carter, but I don't like this act. So, yeah. Yep, I am sadly with you. It, it seems like this team that actually went on a journey we should be caring more about. And they have the longest reigning NXT Women's Tag Team Champions ever. And it was recent and... I don't even think about it anymore. Um, <sighs> sigh. What are they going to do? Okay. Uh, well, howdy do, Gigi Dolan. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you got fiery. You got intense. Um, and they use some dark, real-life uh-huh. stuff. 
to get her there. And and that is an acting trick. Um, to use a little bit of what we call sense memory, usually you just don't say that quiet part out loud. Uh, she is in a medium where she can do that. And man, oh man, did we learn a lot about her and have a real good reason to cheer her. So I know people were starting to cheer JC because literally the work is just so much better than it was in the past. Uh, but Gigi came out here with a real, real good reason to cheer her and uh and we'll be the one who is cheered next week uh just just good emotional fiery stuff here uh came from a place that i was surprised to hear she said she was going to keep it short and did thankfully they did not have jc cut this off and they just had Gigi end her segment with the uh with the emotional button that it deserved um yeah, Gigi can improve on the mic, but I thought this was a hell of a night, Bruce. Yeah, as you said, channeling the real-life stuff to whatever extent they did definitely is gives a, someone who is in an acting position, um, and, you know, I'm not actually an actor, but I assume gives them more of a basis of a gra- uh, more of a grounding to bring out some sort of character or emotion or realism to what they're doing. So, um, the I, I think what worked here is how she was able to then make sure that connected to the story that they're telling with her and JC Jane. If that connection wasn't made, then I think that would have just been some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, uh, not voyeuristic, but just, you know, what I'm trying to say. So, um, I think having that aspect really helps here, making that connection. And keeping JC off TV for a week definitely does help because you don't need to have both of them on TV to sell the rivalry to us because we know what it is. JC already went through that last week and told us all about it. And here with uh, Gigi Dolan, lots of fire, as you said. Definitely her best night on the mic that I can remember. I like how she came out and said, cut the music. This is the last time you're ever going to hear that stupid song again. I was like, thank you. It's just so bad. So, um, I appreciated just, I guess to to a certain extent, there were some work shoot aspects of it, and I think that worked fine here. Um, I am looking forward to the match they will have, not necessarily because, um, you know, we're not the biggest fans of their in-ring work, and that was when they were a tag team. Their singles matches haven't been the best, but Gigi Dolan does have a lot more experience as a singles wrestler than JC Jane. So uh, maybe the change in character here will actually help bring out the best match for both of them because they're no longer being the toxic attraction characters, but they're more so, I guess, who they want to be. And, that and it's, itself, it's a blood feud, too, so they can sure. hide some of what the shortcomings are with JC because it's going to be kind of a brawl. I would I would think if they do this right. Yeah, make it a brawl, make it um because it's going to be a blood food, like you said and, and whatnot, they can make it sloppy and messy and people understand it because that is what fits within the story. Um the I, I'm just curious as to two things here. Where they placed the match on the card, uh, because that could be either a, a good thing or a death knell for them and two 
how much time are they given? Because to me, that's got to show how much trust that they, uh, that Shawn Michaels, uh, Matt Bloom, the other producers have in their improvement and their ability to carry a sequels match, not just in general, but with each other. Those, I think, are going to be the most curious aspects of the match. Of course, their performance is going to play a part of that. Uh, but this is going to be the most high-profile match for either of them because, yeah, they had a championship match last time, but it was a triple threat match. So it's not necessarily like either of them got uh, to shine. And here they're going to have a chance to shine with each other. So uh, I, there are curious aspects to this match for me that go beyond it actually being a match. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day every day to keep up on breaking news and more. That's PWTorch.com. You know, unless there's a big angle to close out one of these matches, I'm calling GG versus JC as the main event next week. Um, they do have title matches, though. Yeah, but they don't have the title match. Well, I mean, they could do Roxy Mako. They could. But God, that yeah. one's just... It's, there's no issue. It, as good as it'll be, it doesn't feel like a show closer to me. Um, I you're right it could be main event um i do hope that in the in between time because they've mentioned it both of them not to say i want this act match because i think it's a good match but they've laid the foundation now to make it a last one standing match how many times they've said it um each of them so i think there's still a chance to make it a last one standing match if you do that then it definitely could be main event yeah all right, uh, let's go to Briggs and Jensen versus Indu Share. Um, like most weeks, we got multiple chances to see the acting skills of Brooks uh, Jensen. Um, skills. Yeah, yeah. The the acting. Um, what's the worst, attempts. meanest word I can think? <laughs> let's let's just say attempts. Um, he he continues to have. The dopey charm as well. He's getting away with it more than he would um, if he were if he were Briggs and doing this level of acting, he wouldn't be getting away with it. Um, but there's just something so dopey friendly about the guy. Um, he's he's Hank Walker he's trying. out there, folks. He's he, trying. Yes, effort is it's a good thing to see. Um, by the end of this. He could be uh, an Oscar-worthy actor simply because they keep giving him chances. Um, but yes, two, two scenes between these guys. One, the first one, to hype him up, because ever since Valentine's Day, it's been a little weird between uh, between Brooks and Kiana. Um, and then they have the match with Indu's share, who don't need for their opponents to have an out to lose, but they do have one here because... These are the days of our lives. Um, Briggs and Jensen lose to Indu Share in 3:30 when Briggs, I guess, uh, or where Jensen accidentally team tags himself. I, I don't remember the particulars. I just remember that, um, yeah, they lose because of uh, of Jensen being distracted by uh, by his love. 
um, his love for Kiana James, who did not appear this week, by the way. Uh, it, it was just all about her. Later on in the show, um, talking afterward, Briggs says, hey, I'll talk to Kiana for you, all right? Um, man, I mean, I know where Vince Russo would take this. I don't know if that's where Shawn Michaels will take this. Oh, uh, Twitter is taking it there. Twitter is taking it there automatically. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't not think it. We've seen <laughs> this story play out in wrestling a lot. Um, and I, But... Uh, Normally, I would say this isn't where it's headed, but this storyline involving <laughs> them, I think it probably is. Um, the only downside to that is I think that Briggs and Jensen are a perfectly cromulent mid-card tag team um, that could be kind of a step-over team or a gatekeeper team on the main roster. I guess I just wouldn't split them up unless I really, really... Unless they see something behind the scenes in Josh Briggs, uh, because of the two of them, he's the one who could go heel uh, if he's got those chops. So at any rate, 335, um, share. I like seeing great big dudes just maul slightly less big dudes. Um, it's fun. And uh, Veer and Sangha are two of my favorites to watch do it. Sangha is just about my favorite to watch do it. Non-Japanese division, of course. Um, so there you go. Uh, share over Briggs and Jensen. If you didn't know, Gear Mahad is a former pitcher who was in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. So that Larry at the end, yeah, that that's legit. He he even set up like he was he was throwing a pitch. Um, it was brutal that that Larry he nailed Jensen. But also that that choke slam that Jensen guy hit with from Sanga, wow. He got folded up pretty bad there. Um, so when we talk about Briggs and Jensen, I, I think definitely Briggs is the better actor by far. Um, he's probably the best actor out of the four in the group. And here you could, when he's talking to Brooks in the uh, in the back, you can kind of see the little the the layers that he kind of has to his performance as he's doing things like um, kind of you know, has just enough of, of being mad at Brooks, but then brings it back to like, okay, you know, you're still, you're still my best friend. Let me go talk to her. I'll figure this out. You're doing all this stuff. Um, so I think that's good for him uh, because I do think that having those subtlety and those layers is better for a heel. Um, it's good for your heel to be more than just, I'm a bad guy because I'm a bad guy. Um, I think when it comes to, Movies, TV, manga, and anime, the worst villains are the ones whose mission is just, I want to take over the world because I'm evil. Like, dog, that's not an actual legitimate reason. So I think it bodes well for, for Briggs. He was also a former Evolve champion when NXT was highly involved with Evolve, and that's when Triple H was running NXT. So if Triple H is still booking Ross back down, come the time that Briggs or Jensen or both move up, you could definitely see a space for Briggs. He might, you know, uh, he could go from anywhere to being in that Braun Strowman role to being in the T-Bar role. Uh, but uh, I think more he has more potential than, than Jensen for sure uh, when it comes to having a spot on SmackDown. The uh, Indus share for me, I think the biggest thing is 
they did their thing with the creeds. They're kind of languishing and just putting and just beating other teams. Are they going to go for the titles? What's their end game? I think it was interesting to see that Ginger Mahal was advertised um, on the graphics, but I don't think he was actually on the show tonight with them. Oh, no, no, he was. He was. Never mind. He was. We just didn't hear from him. Um, so it's good to see that he's still there even after taking the loss to Breaker. And um, really for him to share, that I, unless you have something for them, and that is a definitive path to, to competing for the Tag Team Championship, I, I don't know if just having them beat teams every – unless you're going to bring in jobber teams, I don't know if having them just beat teams every week is, is the right way to go. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. They will be facing... Uh, the creeds soon enough. Um, we knew that the three of them, and apparently the three are called Indu Share uh, at the moment, because when they did the graphic, <laughs> yeah. it yeah. didn't say Indu Share and Jinder Mahal, um, even though that's the way I typed it in my report. Uh, but it was the three of them against uh, the creeds, and the creeds didn't have a partner. They're back backstage. They're dejected. Um, and they happen upon Damon Kemp, and they kind of make an awkward pitch for him to join them because they did do some six man six mans in the past. Kemp, of course, uh, holds it, dangles it in front of them, and then just says, "No, there's no way," and he he walks off. Um, Good job by Kemp with the act there, actually. Yeah, yeah, the best stuff he's done. He's been a he's been real hit and miss with his stuff. Um, and right now it seems like creatively they don't have a lot for him. Glad they at least found this scene for him. Uh, Braun Breaker is just like, hey, uh, it feels like I should be on the show, so I'll do it. Um, <laughs> that's not exactly what he said, uh, but that's that's what he said. He said he'd Can be in this match. Can not be on the show, though? Yeah, I thought that that is what we had gotten. Um, this could end the show for the simple fact that Braun is the champion, and they could do an angle here if they wanted, but it seems like with these six moving parts, they won't do that. So I'm I'm just not sure, but uh, silly stuff as um, as Brutus Creed is so excited every second of this scene and excited Brutus Creed always makes me smile. Uh, and Julius was selling like he was embarrassed by what just happened with Damon Kemp, and he's like, "You couldn't have shown up one minute earlier to save me from the most humiliating moment of my life." And then of course he gets excited too. And um and all of them bark like dogs. Uh sounds stupid, but um but I like the creed so much I just couldn't dislike this scene, Bruce. 
So, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seemed like uh, Brutus and Brown Breaker actually pulled the prank on Julius to have him go ask Kemp first and then for Breaker to come in to make him all embarrassed because the, how they laughed afterwards and everything and how how Julius was like, oh, basically laughing with him like he got me. I thought that um, that was the, the, the point of that, but maybe I was just interpreting it wrong. Uh, I, I do think it was a... A, uh, a a fine little segment here. Again, Kemp did well with what he was asked to do. And like you said, it's great that they at least gave him some TV time because I really like what he does in the ring. Um, that's probably not a shock to anybody who knows the kind of wrestling I like to watch. Um, and I think he's been showing more layers as a heel. So good for them there. <laughs> I think the juxtaposition of super serious Julius Creed against the the intense but also jovial Brutus Creed it, it was just so funny, and then to just have them end there with the the kind of the mutual laughs and, and the confirmation there's have team match next with the six man. I mean, good for them. It, it gave Breaker a little bit of um, character development. Hey, he knows how to play pranks on people. Good for him. Um, so he knows how to fish, and he can play pranks every now and then. Beyond that, I still think having Breaker off of the show might have been a, a bonus, <laughs> a boost, rather than putting him on the show arbitrarily in a six-man tag team match. You could have just done the Crees against Indu Share with Jinder Mahal as a manager, but uh, going this route, I guess, um, also allows Breaker to be on the show, unfortunately for us. Uh, so, uh, go ahead. I was just thinking how crazy it is, how often it is that their long-term champion seems like he was just tacked on to a to an episode or to a major mm-hmm. show. Like they were like, "Oh, I guess we should have our one-year champion on this week's episode." Like, it, like he just feels like creative doesn't have a lot for him because they know they can't ask a lot of him, so. But they're like, well, we have to keep our champion strong and keep him in front of people's minds. Uh, this is why we forget about him. He's in a throwaway spot. In a, Yeah. It's just like I didn't even think about Braun as a possibility. Mm-hmm. That is that is how persona non grata he is. Uh, that That's all I had to add there. Oh, uh, I'll just leave it at that then because, yeah, I didn't I didn't. I didn't even consider him as a possibility. Then he showed up on the screen. I was like, oh, swell. Saul Ruka versus Electra Lopez. You know, I put it off, but um, but it was on the show, so so we got to <laughs> talk about it. Uh, Saul had the uh, a little moment with Zoe Stark uh, because this match was on after Mako versus Zoe, and as Saul was entering she passed by zoe who was exit exiting and they made intense eyes at each other for a second zoe taunted her yeah um so so yeah seems like we're moving toward uh another round of saul ruka versus zoe stark which was a pretty good the first time so um so i'm looking forward to seeing it again what we learned tonight is that uh, Saul has gotten very good, but not so good that she can carry a much, much, much <laughs> lesser opponent. Electra has gotten so much better on the mic that I really, really, really was disappointed to see that that has not translated at all 
to uh, to in ring ability. I, I couldn't believe how long it was that we were waiting for Electra to set up pretty easy. There was one point where she just drove a knee into Ruka's side, and she like moved her, positioned her, like just you could just see her thinking about this simple freaking knee to the side. Um, I, I just. It's in in acting, we call it, I can see you working. And it's, it's, uh, if you want to be real mean, that's what you tell an actor. Um, I can see you working. And, uh, it's just, it's hard to hear, but sometimes you have to know that, uh, that that is what's happening when you're doing a certain scene. Um, and unfortunately, that's, that's what we're seeing with Electra. And if they're going to have, any credibility when they say it's about the churn and if you don't uh, improve in this amount of time then we get rid of you they gotta they gotta put their money where their mouth is no matter how much they see like i understand she's got some gravitas when she is just standing there silently in legato she'd command the scene at times um but she just in wrestling sometimes uh you gotta you gotta do some wrestling matches and and she's not real good at those, uh, Bruce. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on Lopez first since we're on the subject already. <clears throat> I think that, as you said, as a character and on the mic, she has, uh, since LDF was called up and she was left behind, she has just grown and really become, I, I guess, the, the biggest thing I get from her when I when I see her and listen to her on the bike is that she just has a sense of confidence about herself. You can't really teach that. And so that's good for her. The issue though, like you said, is that it just hasn't really translated in the room. And to me, that leads me to believe that what this means is she, her future actually is to be a really, really good, formidable manager who has a presence and can definitely get physical at times because of not only her size but her training that she does have uh yes she's still not the greatest in ring but as a manager who gets physical at times you don't have to be a great in ring worker you just know what you just need to know what to do so i think that that could be again if if the the if the uh improvements aren't coming and don't come soon that might be a role for her, and I think she would do well in that role because, again, she has a presence. She's good on the bike. She understands character work. Um, so hopefully that that can be that can be. Um, I don't want to see her just get. You don't want to see anyone lose their jobs, right? So if they do make a transition for her, I, I think that's the transition they should, they should make. To Sol Ruka, as you said, um, her improvement is definitely right up there with Carmelo Hayes, with with Tiffany Stratton, just how quickly she's improved. And again, she's used the things that she already has as and is good at for her base and uses that to then improve and work on different things. And that should be what you do within professional wrestling, right? So Hank Walker used that wrestling background. Uh Soruka is using her athleticism from gymnastics and surfing and those things while Tiffany Stratton uses her, her, her uh, gymnastics background. I think the, I think looking at how developmental is going now, they're 
probably doing more of this and less of trying to get them to, to make flashy things to be on TV, which is the right way to go. For Sol Ruka, um, her Soul Snatcher didn't really hit well, and it's because Perez, you could see her thinking and making sure she was trying to be in place, and because of that, she wasn't in the right spot slightly, unfortunately. But uh, the little wrinkle at the end with Valentina coming out and, and taking the, the brass knucks away from her, and then after the match, because, I mean, look, Electra Perez, or Electra Perez, Electra Lopez shouldn't need, wow, I, wow, I am all over the place, okay, she shouldn't need the brass nuts to win a match, um, her character at least, it, it, so I, I think this little duel with her and Valentina is going to be interesting, and then how Valentina then struck her with the brass knuckles um, after she was accosted by her at the end, end of the match. Uh, so that's definitely something coming. Are both women ready to, well, I guess in this case, is Valentina someone that you think can bring out a good match from Electra? We'll see. Um, I do think that what we have to look forward to is the eventual women's championship match at deadline in December between Tiffany Strand defending against Soruka. And I think when that time happens, it's going to be a great match. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. This was the first of two straight women's matches where the loser was not in position to take the finish because Katana Chance was so far off to the side that uh, that Tiffany Stratton's moonsault landed squarely on her knees. Um, so normally... She would roll herself up in pain and uh, and get beaten right there. But since she was supposed to win there, uh, landing on the knees uh, hurt the person whose knees it was, which is how that should work. Um, and, and yeah, that was unfortunate. So Vic's like, she didn't get all of it, and I'm like, she got none of it. Yeah, none of it. Uh, well, to be fair, to be fair to Stratton, Chance is definitely the shortest person she's she's wrestled so <laughs> that's far. True. So when so when she hits her, you can't escape BME combo. It, it, it's a little different than when she hits it on on a, on a, you say a Soluka. So, you know, Tiffany's not a giant, but in there against Casey, you wouldn't looked, know that fact. She looked huge. When they just stood there and looked at each other, she looked a good two heads taller than Casey or than than uh, Katana Chance. So, yeah. uh, that's that's a lot. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, Chase, you, uh, in this segment, you know what I'm really thinking? It's too bad they're slumming it and they're stuck in a feud with the schism. <laughs> that is how I feel about Chase, you, who are literally only there to be stepped over. Um, the, uh, the, the Chase, you non-speaking um, uh, act, actors? Students? Uh, stu- students. Um <laughs> I've seen better acting and tough acting than acting. That's that's another <laughs> another one of our uh, go tos. Uh, man, they they were doing like buggy eyed overacting that would have made Jerry Lewis blush. Like it, this is a little too much. 
says Ace Ventura. Um, yeah, um, not everyone's ready for TV, folks. Uh, JD, he he has retina owies. Um, he didn't say retina owies. I, I wish he had. That would have really made me happy. Uh, he's got issues with Ilya Dragunov, and um, he's going to kill him or some such. Uh, Dijak has a... Um, has a cage, uh, has a reverse cage match going with uh, Tony D'Angelo. There, there is no DQ, no countout. You win by putting your opponent into uh, a little jail cell, uh, cell, and closing the door. It's literally a, a reverse cage match. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I assume Dijak wins this because you got to keep him strong. Tony does not win very many matches, and the guy, the only underling that he has, has surpassed him in literally every aspect of professional <laughs> wrestling. Like all of them, in kayfabe and in in a shoot manner, he's better in every way. Uh, I I don't know how you just ignore that. I still think that Tony D has value as a um. Baron Corbin type, mm-hmm. uh, tough guy who usually loses. I, I think there's value there, but but if you want to get value out of stacks, split them now. Um, Bianca and Montez go Hollywood. Uh, oh, he took a selfie during the King of the World moment, and he dropped his phone. Would have been less sad if there hadn't been an actual couple who tried to take a selfie, and then the guy fell and died. Um that was a real thing that happened, but uh, but maybe only I know about that. It's been years now. Um, Gallus, they played pool, and uh, Mark Coffey was... Did not understand a single word they said. Yeah, Mark Coffey positively tickled when Wolfgang <laughs> broke a, um, a, uh, a beer pitcher over some clown's head. Uh, I know that Gallus... Are they supposed to be heels? Because these... <laughs> Scenes are really making me like them. Um, and then Pretty Deadly, once again, only had like one minute to do their thing. Still came off as just the the, the funniest act in the world um, with Mackenzie uh, offering a high five that uh, that they did not Her ultimately get. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. It yeah, was so just good. Straight a big laughter from the crowd there. Um <laughs> Yeah, how, how do you not? Uh, you want Pretty Deadly to work heel because they're so good at it, but how long before people just cheer them because they're so damn hilarious? Um, those are your... Uh, oh, and uh, Grayson Waller will be hosting the Grayson Waller Effect with Shawn Michaels next week. Does this lead to a match at Stand and Deliver? Hard to imagine uh, for reasons... But not hard to imagine that Shawn Michaels wouldn't want his last match to have been his last match, Bruce. Yeah, so a lot to talk about. I'll start with Dijak D'Angelo. Um, really, you just think about it as a, a different kind of ambulance match, and the rules make sense. Uh, but it's still a dumb match. <laughs> Stax has a lot of potential. I, when, when they first started, I, I didn't really... I didn't know enough about either of them to really have an opinion to their potential. But from 
what I've seen in stacks recently, last couple of months, I would say specifically, um, I think he, what match did he have? I don't think it was Wesley, was it Carmelo? It was somebody, and he really surprised me in that match. And as much as his character is great, I think him going full-hearted into it and really kind of developing the character into his own um, really just gives me high hopes for what he can do in the future. And like you said, if you want to do something with him, get him away from D'Angelo. As you said, D'Angelo is definitely someone who can fit that, that mid-card to, to lower-upper-card role as a gatekeeper who sometimes competes for um, any singles titles. He, uh, he, he, like, he doesn't win, but he still has a connection with a lot of the fans, at least within Full Sail. So he has that going for him. Um, but beyond that, I feel like you have to have Dijak go over here he already lost to Wesley. He he came back to be for that someone that is winning matches and winning feuds. Uh, the gimmicky nature of this could lead to D'Angelo and Stacks pulling one over and get something on him. But I think Dijak has been presented as somebody who should be more more than formidable enough to take out both of them because he's been taking out both of them for the uh, during this whole feud essentially. Uh, I, I've talked way too much about that. Let's see. I because I talked about all that, I'm kind of forgetting some of this stuff. Let me go back through here. Um, oh, pretty deadly. They're they're also another group who they need to be making some of that that raw SmackDown money. They are just too good. They I don't want to say they're they're finished products. They're polished products. They know exactly what they're doing exactly how their character is supposed to be presented that interaction with mckenzie just that one minute was so so good um i i just yeah i i can't say enough about pretty deadly their abilities the potential they have and just how much money they're going to make when they do hit rod smackdown gallus it wasn't just that that uh mark coffee was tickled when when wolf wolfie hit the dude with the the beer pitcher he just kind of sat back and kept drinking as Wolfie just beat all the dude, and and um, that kind of 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 sociopathic sadism is kind of scary. But as you said, I don't think how they've been presented in any way makes me want to boo them. They're just a badass tag team that goes out there. They like to drink at the pub and play pool or billiards or snooker or whatever they call it. And they like having fights. And I think all that is, is a recipe for, for getting cheered because there's nothing. It just seems relatable and authentic to, to the characters and who they are as people. And then Waller Michaels. Yeah. Um, I said it last week. If there's anybody on NXT who can make all that movement, create all that movement, and and give Michaels a match that makes it seem like it was a match from 10 years ago, it's it's uh, well, I guess more than 10 years ago since he retired, uh, longer than that. But you, you get what I'm saying. It's Grayson Waller, and how they built this up using Waller as the fulcrum his videos, keeping him out of full cell, but still finding a way to keep him on the show. 
I think they've just done a masterful job with this build. Um, my only fear is that the build has been so good that the match may end up uh, under-delivering at Stand and Deliver. But what they do next week with the Grayson Waller effect, I think is going to be uh, not the last chance, but I think it's going to really get people excited for the eventual. It's either going to solidify they're going to have a match or it's going to be one of those uh, Austin Owens moments at WrestleMania. So I think uh, that is going to then, I think next week will give us a more solid idea of what's going to happen between these two at Stand and Deliver and then what's going to happen in the intervening weeks leading up to the show. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. All right. Um, There's never an obvious place to say this. Um, And it probably kind of goes without saying, but there was more asked of her this week uh, and a few different ways for it to happen. And I just want to mention a home run of an episode for Mackenzie Mitchell. Yes. Um, All right. As always. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. As always. She's just, she's so good at it. And just in these character moments where they allow... Mackenzie to not just be this nameless automaton, um, have her in the segment with Nathan Fraser where she has to throw it outside. No, no, no. Follow them. Uh, just little things they ask her to do. Again, little things that make this seem like it could be real. Let us believe, folks. You can email us at pwtorchnxt at gmail.com. This is from Kevin Catani. Salutations, gents. I hope this email finds you well. Pardon my absence last week. My last night class of the term was last Tuesday. That said, I'm back in action and ready to talk NXT. I have two questions tonight. Number one, as I watch more and more of Sal Ruka and find myself more impressed each time out, what do you think her ceiling is and what main roster talent would you compare her to? And two, now that Becky and Lita are tag champs, do you think there is an NXT tag team capable of providing a credible challenge? Uh, thanks as always. Go VIP and listen to 8YB and bonus point. Office hours are now over. The Professor Kevin P. Catani, PhD. Um, a little early to compare Saul Ruka to somebody, but let me let me bring up a name of somebody who had a couple matches, uh, was a real scattered, messy, um, uh presentation I think wasn't I know you're say there as a wrestler figured this out quick wasn't the intended superstar of her generation but uh but just continued to get better and was very cool and um and found way more success on the main roster just because of um just because she was co- so consistent you should have figured out by now i'm talking about becky lynch um, but, and, and there are others, like I thought about Alexa, but, um, but I'm going to say Becky, that is a lofty standard. 
lofty standard to hold her to, but Saul Ruka is already so much better than she was when she was on the first time and had a couple of matches that it's hard to believe it's the same person in there. Uh, number two, now that Becky and Lita are tag champs, is there an NXT tag team? Um, well, there was, but uh, but now they're feuding. <laughs> Uh, yes, there, there is also Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. This is another act that I actually don't think needs a lot more work before they could go to the main roster. Does this company have the patience to let a women's tag team happen? I don't think they do. But if they do, um, yeah, that, that team could provide a credible challenge in the the very short term. And I expect this team is a transitional tag team. Um, Lita, I was never a big fan of Lita. I, I, I'm glad I wasn't like podcasting at the time because people would have just gone crazy <laughs> listening to me complain about how sloppy Lita was on a regular basis, uh, where she could be, be so good. Um, but, for whatever reasons there might be that were going on, um, she was she got messy uh, a lot, and um, and a lot of dangerous type things happened. Now she's old, and that is mostly what's holding her back. Even though in her um, Rumble appearances, I'm like, I like her more now than I did then. Um, always seemed like a cool person to be around, but. Uh, but I would kind of white knuckle it watching her matches, um, worried that somebody was going to get hurt. Mostly her, but uh, but her opponents uh, sometimes too. So uh, perfectly good use of Becky in the meantime, while she doesn't have a championship and doesn't have a championship match coming. But it, this is definitely one of those things where they slap a championship on uh-huh. a big name kind of to give them the impression they're in something big when they don't get to be in a championship match. And Becky, I think is cool. I think she understands. We don't like, I've never heard like any attitude problems out of Becky. Uh, like she's a real genuine pro it would seem. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think you can just keep doing EO and Dakota. I, I'm fine if they do. I, I love them both. But at some point, you should probably do something different. I don't know what that something different is. I just hope that um, that Nia Jax and Chelsea Green aren't part of it. Bruce. <laughs> well, I guess the team is actually Chelsea Green and Carmella. Uh, and I same, same thing applies there. Sorry, that just caught me off guard in, in the best way possible. <laughs> um, uh, so when it comes to the women's tag team, I could be wrong, but I, 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 I swear I have memories of Vic Joseph saying that Chance and Carter were the longest reigning women's tag team champions in WWE, not just NXT. So you could have an out for them to get called up and, and do that. But I don't, again, I just, they're not a, a, an act that screams to me that fans are going to take seriously, especially if they come out in the, we're dancing, we're, we're, shooting shirts into the crowd, smoke and all that. So that aside, you have Henley and James are the champion right now, though I think the story within the team is more interesting than them being champion. And 
not sure if that would actually again be someone or be a team that that would be a legitimate shot. Dawn and Fire to me are definitely the two I'm looking at as the most legitimate because you already have all the fire there for sure. But Iowa Dawn, okay, my, uh, we're having wind storms and and the lights just flickered. So if if I cut out, if I cut off, then then you know why. Um, fire and Dawn, they're they're great. Dawn's character. They do have some spooky already. You have Valhalla on there with the Viking Raiders and whatnot. Um, you have Alexa Bliss doing her her stuff and, and everything you have with uh, the Fiend and Uncle Howdy. But Dawn and Fire are a bit different, and I think if they are a team to go and and be a surprise team to challenge and possibly defeat uh, uh, Becky and Lita, then. I think it could be a good shot and a good way to establish them on on Raw or SmackDown, depending on whichever show they end up on. The um, and then I lost what I was going to say after that without them, but I think, like you said, they're probably the best shot when it comes to Soruka. If you said Becky Lynch and that's a lofty goal, I I have another comparison that I was thinking about before you started talking about Becky Lynch. That is also a lofty, if not loftier, goal. And again, it's not necessarily their styles, but I'm looking at more as how quickly they were able to catch on to the business and develop and become just so talented in the ring in such a, in such a short time. And that's Bianca Belair. Um, Bianca, when she started, you saw stuff in her, just like when we first saw Soruka, but you could tell a lot of work needed to be done, especially on the character side. Different characters, different styles in the ring, but I think the rate of improvement and how we've seen them be able to use, again, what what they knew, what was good for them, their base, and then use that to develop their characters, I think is a parallel path for Soruka. Beculage is a good one, but the difference I think here is that while she did take a hiatus, Becky Lynch still has some training coming into this, whereas Belair and Ruka really came in more as uh, blank slates to professional wrestling. So, at least from my understanding. So, with that being the case, I think for me, um, the, the uh, comparison I would make is to Bianca Belair. Not to say that she will be Bianca Belair, but the potential is definitely there for her to be someone on Raw and SmackDown to have multiple women's championship reigns. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. You know what's odd to me is that throughout NXT, we've seen more stagnation and more flameouts from the women's side for whatever reason. But when I think about the ones who really, really, in a very short amount of time, improved, like showed the fastest improvement... It's like five women. It's and Carmelo Hayes. Sure, sure. Um, but like Bailey, mm-hmm. Becky, Alexa, uh, Bianca, Bianca, 
Um, Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton was the fifth one that I was thinking. Like, I don't know that there's any men who, because Carmelo's first match was better than any of theirs. That's true. That's true. Um, So, so he got it. Like he improved in a lot of different ways, but they all had steeper hills to climb. And, um, and they all did it. And maybe part of that is because of, you know, they go out looking for these women. They're just like, mm-hmm. Hey, you're hot and, or have a cool look. Um, do you want to be a wrestler? And they're like, I've literally never watched wrestling. What are you talking about? And, you know, and some of them take to it and some of them do not. Uh, so I guess maybe it's not that surprising, but it is interesting that, no guy who has started at that level like Von Wagner still kind of Von Wagner, you know, um, there's value there, but how many Baron Corbins does one company need? Uh, Brown breakers does a company need? Oh, zero is the right number. Of Brown <laughs> um, it is, it is the ideal number. JB emails us as well. Hey team, JB from Detroit. I know this question is probably a bit late. It's not. But why do you think creative broke up Toxic Attraction before they ever debuted on the main roster? I thought they had a lot of potential in the women's tag division, which we already know is a bit thin. Is it simply because Mandy was let go? I think that regardless of that, there was value in having Toxic Attraction on the main roster. If Mandy was the deal breaker, they should have found a replacement to lead the group. As always, love the show and go VIP! You know, it was crazy to me how many people thought that it was an absolute inevitability that there would be somebody else to head up Toxic Attraction. I think Mandy leaving may have hastened this, may have opened their eyes to options that they didn't know they had. But I think Occam's Razor says, in looking at these two women, uh, in assessing them, continuing to assess them on a regular basis at the PC and, uh, and in all the things they were doing behind the scenes, they saw stuff that they really liked in both of them on separate sides of the aisle. And there is more money in singles acts than there are tag team acts. That doesn't have to be true, but this specific company has ensured that it is true for probably still generations to come because of their approach to tag team wrestling under, uh, under Vince McMahon. So, they saw something they really liked as singles. I'm also a bit bummed that they didn't get the main roster tag team run that we all thought was going to happen. But if it was going to happen there anyway, then uh, then why not just get ahead of it and see what these two women can do now? Because we have seen that they don't have to continue a storyline like at all. Like Sola Sakua never worked heel on NXT at all. Like, maybe kind of tweener-ish the first couple of times. But he was a babyface, and one of the top babyfaces. They moved him up with no intention of having him be a babyface there. They did not continue anything. They did not refer to it, really. They referred to how tough he was. But they don't have to... Like, these storylines live in different worlds when they want them to. So if they want to... If they think parts of this fail and they want to try Toxic Attraction up there, they'll just do it. But I already like what I've seen so much out of these two women that I can't say for a moment that they made the wrong decision, Bruce. 
Yeah, and you know, if they were going to go and have a new leader, I said at the time that Manny Rose was released, it should be Zoe Stark. And the fact that they still held off is made to believe that. I mean, they went with the breakup, obviously, but um, I think holding off is actually a good call. Well, I do think there was still benefit having them uh, grow more before they go singles to, to hide some of the the lack of experience. What these two characters, we were. We talked about this uh, the past few weeks. Neither of us were big J.C. Jane fans, but she's found a character that at least seems more authentic to her than when she was in Toxic Attraction. And then Gigi Dolan, of course, we all knew that this sort of babyface, I guess, character, for lack of a better term, was there and would be received well. And so it's and they they did a smart thing by keeping Gigi Dolan off TV. Um, for a week or two after the attack, so th- they've done well there, and that leads me to believe that the breakup when it happened was the right call, though it may have been hastened, as you said, by Mandy Rose's release. Um, then again, if they would have stayed together, do they just become tag team champion for a third, fourth, fifth time? What what more could they have done together? Um, before they would have been able, to, before they would have been forced to break up, anyway, or maybe not break up, but go their their separate paths, their separate ways. So, um, and and then let's let's also remember that they would have had a run on SmackDown had it not been for I think uh, Gigi Dolan getting hurt when they did have that tag team tournament. Uh, I think early summer last year. So. There was a moment for that to happen, but that was a time when Zoe Stark got injured or wasn't able to to travel borders or something. And then uh, I think Gigi got hurt at that when they were the replacement. So, or maybe it was the opposite way around something. Uh, so there there was a shot there, but the circumstances didn't align for them to actually do that. So I I I I don't want to make it seem like. Uh, there wasn't thought of them actually having that kind of run because it seemed like they were going to have that, but it just didn't end up happening because of the injuries. So, uh, but beyond that, I do think that again, looking forward to the match next week, quality will be the question, but I think the intensity, the ferocity, the passion, all of that is there to make the match be better than it might come off when you're watching it. If that makes any sense at all. Uh, whether it does or not, we're at the end, so um, so I think you get away with it either way. Um, I am Kelly Wells, and you can find me on social media at Spooky Milk or at SpookyMilk.Games. Um, can never quite tell. I, I'm s- sitting here looking at the switchboard, and it's still not working properly. So whatever it's supposed to be doing, it's not. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Joel asked us where we were, and then he took a big swipe at Blog Talk as well. Um, when it works, I love it. Um so hopefully that will be true next week um, when we will uh, when we will see you after. Oh, what's it called again? Um, Roadblock. It, you know, it's got a name that actually has a reason and I still don't remember it. Um, <laughs> where's my memory, folks? It's it's the great big guy with the stupid thing on his back. Roadblock. <laughs> How can I forget? He's he's delightful, folks. And you need to look him up. Uh, Bruce. I'm Bruce Lee. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at B underscore Lee 253. 
and we'll see you next week. All yeah. right. Cheers, folks. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. It is not too late to make a New Year's resolution, even if it's no longer the time when people are saying Happy New Year, especially if you're looking to get fit and have nutrient-dense food that's going to give you energy without a bunch of sugar, salt, fat, and processed stuff that just doesn't serve your body well. And one way to do that is with home delivery of Factor chef-prepared meals. Fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list and you don't have to cook before you settle in to watch wrestling during the week. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. It is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. You've heard me talk about these before, I suspect, and I order Factor meals on my own, whether they sponsor the show or not. I'm a believer in these meals. Sometimes I'm just too busy to cook, even though I like to cook. But I know when I'm eating good food, and it's so nice knowing those Factor meals are in the refrigerator, fresh, never frozen, with whole food, healthy ingredients, ready to be microwaved in just over two minutes, and I'm eating. I don't have to wait 45 minutes for delivery and pay a tip. And frankly, so often that delivered food is full of fat, it's deep fried. You're not going to get that with Factor meals. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live life to the fullest. There's keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus options on the menu each week. They are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. You don't have to calorie count or try to figure out how much protein or carbs you're getting. They balance it for you. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. I always look forward to hitting refresh on the Factor website and seeing the new date pop up for the meal plan a couple weeks out and selecting the meals that I want. You don't have to select meals. They will automatically send you their selection based on your prior selections, but you can customize it too. 
Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes in the microwave. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's a new website and a new code this month. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50 and use code wade50 to get, this is clever, 50% off your first box. That's code wade50 to get 50% off at factormeals.com slash wade50. Treat your body right, give yourself more energy, and save time and money with Factor Meals and get 50% off with coupon code WADE50.